All right, here we go. So welcome back to the Inner Calling Podcast. This is your host, Amanda Nafash, and today we are joined by Raina Rose Exelbeard, CEO of The Rose Grows, mentor, podcaster, author, and entrepreneur, the list goes on. Welcome, Raina. Thanks for being here. And thanks for having me. It's great to be on the show. Awesome. So excited to have you as our first guest. So here at the Inner Calling Podcast, we want to talk about what you do for a living that makes you come alive and makes you feel like you are the most authentically yourself. So tell us in your own words, how do you describe what you do? Totally. Um, I think my whole life I've been really committed to inspiring people to be the best versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was young, I didn't really feel like I fit in and I really got like bullied a lot. Um, but as I got older and through my leadership journey, um, first of all, I built confidence in myself by like creating events and meeting really amazing people. So I got like connections. Mm-hmm. I also, you know, got the opportunity to uh, travel and, um, I, I went and lived abroad and was like very involved and in, in college and, um, my passion became my career. I worked for a nonprofit for four years, but kind of like where I'm at now is everything that I've learned in leadership mm-hmm. and certainly the last two years starting my own business, a lot of mental and emotional lessons. Um, really what I do is, is, is share those different tools that I've either learned or I'm actively learning now uh, with high school students and college students so that they too can find a goal or a cause that's bigger than themselves because when we can put our skills and gifts towards something bigger than ourselves, it makes us feel confident when we do things that we're good at. But when we see that what our, our talents can actually help others or can actually make an impact, um, that's really what fulfills me the most is being able to like help a young person do their first big thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, sh- I shared a picture the other day on Facebook of my group, my first group of high school interns when I graduated college. You know, many of them have graduated college now and are starting to get jobs now. And, um, you know, certainly they've accomplished way more amazing things since uh, we were working together when they were teens. But mm-hmm. um, being a part of that journey is, is really what fuels me to, to keep going and keep reaching more people. That's awesome. That's really cool. And, um, I really, I enjoy, I mean, I follow all your social media accounts and like, we've, we've only met once in person. It feels like I know you really well though, from, (laughs) from the internet, which is really cool. Um, but something that I, uh, really enjoy about your business is just how authentic it is. Um, and how you bring yourself, um, into everything that you do. And that's something that like, when I talk about inner calling with people, like, I even when I'm just doing um, like a basic interview prep with somebody, I'm always like, you want to show up as you like, you don't want to be this fake person in an interview because then that fake person's getting hired because they deserve that job. Not you. You know what I mean? Like, and um, I really find it like amazing when someone creates their own business and really you, you see that parts of themselves like weaved in. Um, So what would you say um, is like a, uh, was a pivotal moment in your life that made you decide to be an entrepreneur and start your own business? Totally. So my whole life, I've, I've always been like very passionate about business, um, you know, made money and like all kinds of different ways. I always like to joke with people. I think the reason 
I never worked in like the service industry as like a waiter or a waitress is because I remember when I was like two or three years old, my family, you know, we'd go to bar and bat mitzvahs, we'd go to weddings. And as soon as I was done eating my meal and my little dress and my little shoes and my little socks, I would walk around the ballroom and I would bust tables. And at the end of the night, you know, I would get this little cup filled with like dollar bills and coins. Um, and it just like made me at a young age, like realize like, you know, I can, I can make my own money. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how the journey changed because, you know, the, the name of this podcast inner calling, Mm -hmm. I was in high school. Um, I didn't really necessarily like love the life that I lived. Um, you know, I had this vision that I wanted to make a lot of money and I wanted to travel and, you know, I wanted to, to make a difference, but also be, be powerful. Right. Like, I feel like that's a word that like, we're scared like to say, which for me recently in the last year, I've been beginning to own it. Yeah. But when we talk about our inner calling, you know, the vision was always, I want to be a businesswoman. I want to make a lot of money in business. And then I want to go into politics, but when I got to college and I was bullied for being Jewish and I was bullied for living in Israel, I didn't realize that those challenges were actually helping me find my passion because between high school and college, um, and I know you work with like a lot of college students, Mm -hmm. there's this pressure that you have to go straight from high school to college. And academically, could I have done it? Sure. But socially, me and my mom didn't have like the best relationship when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, just cause she raised three boys, you know, before me and, um, I didn't want to follow the rules. So going away to Israel, having that space really, really, really improved that relationship. Like now we're best friends, but also just as a woman, um, it was the first time ever where I felt sexy and smart and confident. And I got to try all these different things. Like I was in the army and I did archeological digging and it really was just like the most, you know, incredible year of my life. And so when I got to college and people were like, you know, saying all these like things to me, it felt personal because you have to imagine like here, this place changed my entire life. And it's like, if somebody was like saying something about my best friend that they never met, you know, for some people, what's interesting is they're like, Oh, like you're so into speaking up for the Jewish people and anti-Semitism Cause like, you're Jewish or like, because your grandparents were Holocaust survivors. And like, those things are true, but Mm -hmm. it was, it was my experience and how I felt as a, as a person there that really inspired me to realize like, number one, I'm not going to let anyone bully me. Number two, I have to get educated because even though I lived in Israel, I didn't know where it was on the map. Mm -hmm. And what was crazy was the way that I got educated was getting involved with all these nonprofits. And that gave me the opportunity to travel. And that gave me the opportunity to speak and meet all these amazing people. So even though I still got, you know, the business degree, I'm so grateful that those people bullied me in college because otherwise I, I, I wouldn't be running my own business at 29 years old. I, I certainly would have never, you know, have spoken to as many people as I have had um, I not really been, you know, pushed to. Yeah. That's amazing. It's really um, honorable to see someone take so many experiences that one would consider all negative and really just make the most out of it and be able to help others because of it. Um, That's really cool. Um, So I 
personally, like when I look at someone's job that is very unique, which I would absolutely consider you to have one of those lives um, and jobs and lives. um, uh, I always like to think of like, what's an average week for a person like that? Um, (laughs) So like, I know that you are super busy. I know that literally yesterday you had an impromptu thing. We were supposed to talk yesterday for everybody listening. Um, And very last minute, Raina was like, I got called in for a video shoot. Can we reschedule? And I was like, wow, her life is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) So take Um, an average week. Yeah. So the typical thing about my week is that it is never the same. I've never been diagnosed with ADD, but I have to imagine that like, I, I, I probably have some form of it Um, (laughs) and kind of how, I guess you could say how I self-medicate is, um, I don't do like one project professionally or, or one project. And I find Mm -hmm. by having a couple things going at the same time, it just gives me the ability to like put something down, think about it, go back to it. Um, I was really good about working out every day, except these last two weeks I've been, I've been slacking a little bit. Um, but I would say every week, um, I spend time, you know, posting, posting online. Um, I'm really blessed that I get to do, you know, at least one podcast interview, which I'm so lucky to be your first guest. Um, I, I love how many people have told me that I was the first guest on their show. So for me, it's like, it's an honor. Yeah. Um, I participate in a lot of networking groups. So I would say um, the, two, the two that I pay for is one is like a mastermind of moms where we meet every Wednesday and it's all these like female entrepreneurs. Most of them are in America. It's a, a group called the Thrive and Shine Mastermind. And um, something that I learned early on in COVID is when you can put yourself in network with other people who are building a business or who have the goal, the same goal of posting online every day, Mm -hmm. even if you don't have the same business or the same personality, just being around people who are moving and in momentum is really, really inspiring. And it gives you the ability to like be authentic and create, you know, natural connections Mm-hmm. And another group that I'm in is through uh, Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. Her husband, Jesse Itzler, has this group called the Big Ass Calendar Club. And literally <laughs> in my bedroom is this calendar that's like freaking ginormous. It's like the whole year at a glance. And um, what you put on there is, is different depending on the people. But for me, I like to put my workouts on there like one month I could only run three laps around my neighborhood. And then like a month and a half later on the same date, it was like, or two months later, it was like, Oh, I ran five miles. So it gives you the ability to kind of like, you know, see your progression. And, Mm -hmm. um, just like I said, this last two weeks, I kind of fell off with working out. Um, the last two weeks I, I fell off my, my big ass calendar. And, um, I heard in the networking call last week where one of the coaches was like, you know, there are, are sometimes weeks or even months where like the founder of this calendar doesn't look at the calendar and doesn't do the practice. Like the yep. whole point of participating in this isn't to be perfect all the time, but it's to recognize that like when you fall off, you can just brush your shoulders off and decide like, I'm going to get back on. So like literally two days ago, I like wrote on my calendar, like calendar back on. And I just yeah. thought that was so inspiring because if we look at all the days that I have actually filled, it's way more than the days that 
I haven't filled. And like yeah. so often we focus on the negative that mm-hmm. sometimes if we focus on the negative, then we're, we amplify like even more negative, like circumstances for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually one of the biggest tools I got out of participating in this group. Cause you're supposed to be like tracking your good habits and like putting up these milestones. And I felt like in 2020 as an entrepreneur and just like, you know, as a woman who has relationships and, and friends and family, mm-hmm. I felt like a lot of my energy was focusing on what I shouldn't be doing. Yeah. But when I started journaling and I started doing the calendar and I started doing the habit tracker, it shifted my focus from what you shouldn't from like what you are. And I find myself like the last couple of months, just like in a much healthier mental state and a lot happier with my results. And, and you know, whether you believe in manifestation or not, it's, it's really true. Like if you think positive, then like positive things will come together. But if you think negative things, then like be prepared for some shit to happen that you don't want. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think um, like kind of, bouncing off of what you just said. Cause I say this all the time when, when I speak to like young girls in particular, which I know that you have a lot of young girl mentees. Um, and what I like to kind of, I like to shift the focus when we do like an icebreaker of saying, you know, what do you like, you know? And I say, who are you? What's what? a word to describe yourself? And sometimes they have, they trip up a little bit because a lot of times people don't ask young girls who we are. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I like, I consider myself a woman now, but I, I, rem- I don't remember being asked ever, like, who are you? And I think it, it feels like a lot of pressure when you've never been asked it, but it's, it's giving you that opportunity to actually establish who you are rather than have other people decide that for you. Totally, totally. And, you know, not defining yourself by what you do mm-hmm. or who you're dating. You know, for me, my first year of entrepreneurship I was so used to telling people that I'm a speaker and I'm a mentor that when I was building my business and I didn't have those things, mm-hmm. I didn't know who the hell I was. And it took mm-hmm. time for me to recognize. But what I realized is like, I'm powerful, I'm connected, I'm inspirational, I'm, I'm funny, I'm a connector. And no matter what job I'm doing or who I'm dating or who I'm friends with or who I'm eating dinner with, like, Mm -hmm. as you said, like, that's how I authentically show up in all those places. And I think that's so powerful that you are having those conversations with young women now, because I really didn't start having that conversation with myself till I was, you know, 27 years old, 28 years old. Yeah. And I, and I like what you said before about like, talking about what we shouldn't do and, and, and like who we aren't kind of instead of the opposite. Um, because I think it's, it's how much time are you spending dwelling on the negative that you could be spending, making yourself like mm-hmm. making yourself feel better about all those good things. Yeah. And, and I feel like too, when I was a teenager, you know, my parents weren't like super wealthy. So it was really like easy for me to think of all the things that I wasn't or that sure. I didn't have. Um, but for those who are listening, you know, I, I lost my dad three years ago out of nowhere. And what I can tell you is if you have two parents who really care about you, whether they're together or not, doesn't matter. If you have two parents that like, or a parent that like really, really, really cares about you, then you have something that not not a lot of people have. And other people may have big houses and nice cars. And, you know, for me, it was like Ugg boots and a razor phone. That's what I wanted. (laughs) But if you, if you have a good family, then, um, 
you're going to go much farther than, than anyone else with all those other things. Yeah. It's so true. Support system literally can, can make you like, I don't want to say break a support, a good support system will absolutely Uh, make you a good support system will make you and a bad support system will break you. And I think when I look back at a lot of the relationships I had when I was a teenager, I think I was just like looking to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to be accepted for who you are and like, not necessarily what you bring. Because even as an adult, you know, if you're in a relationship where you're only a contribution and the other person like only takes, like you're emotionally Mm -hmm. drained, they never like pitch in for anything, then like eventually over time, you're going to, you're going to grow to resent that person. And not even thinking about it, you may also start treating other people in your circle the way that that person treats you. Like your, the expression, your network is your net worth is like so true. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we've talked a little bit about you being a teen. So take us through, um, your like job experience when you were young, like what was your first job? Take us through that timeline. Yeah. So I, I babysat like all my life, but I remember when I was in like fifth grade, uh, my uncle Adrian, he's a psycho, a psychiatrist who specializes in chronic pain. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like helping him with like faxing because every time a patient would come in, um, he would send the notes to all the doctors. So I would have to like sit there and fax the stuff. Yeah. Well, one day the other woman who worked in the office came in and she's like, listen, um, I used to have like substance like problems. Like I can't come to work anymore. So my uncle Adrian looks at me and goes, Raina, like you're going to have to run the desk. And so when I tell you that I ran his office because he was a doctor and then it was just me Wow! Was answering calls, scheduling appointments, uh, you know, faxing stuff, you know, telling adults like you didn't, your insurance didn't pay, like you didn't pay your insurance, like you can't come. Um, I remember I, I felt really good when my uncle Adrian was like, so like, can Raina just like not go back to school? <laughs> um, but really, I think when I look back at that job, um, I'm really grateful that even though I had a lot of experiences as a child. The adults who were around me always spoke to me like I was an adult and always Mm -hmm. made me feel like I was an adult. And in return, I think part of like why I'm so successful in my mentorship is because not only do I talk to the teens, like I would, you know, like my equal, but when they share things that maybe they're ashamed about or they're upset about, you know, I have enough life experiences to be able to say like, Hey, like I've never told anybody this, but like, you're not the only one who like got called into the guidance counselor because you said something that, you know, you wish you could take back to someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I think like with parents and teachers, it's so hard to like be able to have like those conversations with your, with your kids, just because of like the power dynamics and the, and the structure. Um, which is why like, I think like what you and I bring to the table is like so, so important because Mm -hmm. we want young people to like be learning these things and these skills now so that they don't have to wait until like right before college to figure it out, or they don't have to wait until they graduate college to, to figure it out. Um, babysitting, lifeguarding, um, in college, I loved babysitting because I went to college in Florida and I worked for a luxury babysitting company. 
Oh, wow. I got to go to like super nice hotels and like eat like food, you know, on the clients. So like that was, that was amazing. Um, Oh my God. Um, One time in college, I sold ShamWows, which for for anyone who doesn't know, it's like this super absorbent rag. And I wanted to go to this music festival. My mom was like, great. You can buy your own $500 ticket, get a job. Mm -hmm. So at the time, you know, you could go on Craigslist and there were jobs and I saw something for modeling and I was like, Hmm, let's, let's see if I'm hot enough (laughs) Go up to the, the, the casting call. And it has absolutely nothing to do with what you look like. We were selling freaking ShamWows and Kmart and Sears. And I used to have to get on the loudspeaker, loudspeaker and like lure people to my booth and like throw free stuff at them. And, you know, (laughs) all your job experiences add on top of each other, no matter like how weird or small they are. Because when I first graduated college and I'm like working with teens and I'm like, you know, making phone calls about like, let's come in, you know, I'll speak for 45 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Well, at the beginning, Amanda, a lot of the teachers would be like, I'm not sure that the kids are going to pay attention the whole time. So like, let's have like a plan B just in case. And in my head, I'm like, dude, if the kids are sitting in the seats, they're going to be freaking sham wowed. Like <laughs> I have to chase and create my own crowd. You mean I'm going to come in and there's already going to be an audience, you know, of anywhere from seven to like a hundred or however many people. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't, um, don't ever think that like any job is too small and like, don't let your friends like judge you or, or make fun of you to a point where you don't do something because looking back at it, I'm a better professional because of all of those experiences. Totally. I love that. I definitely, I, I, I try and incorporate that with my career coaching. I like to talk to people about um, like how you can gain experiences from things that are not relevant to the the field that you're applying Mm -hmm. for. And you still have that experience and it's makes a great story in an interview a lot of times as well. Um, A thousand percent. And a big part of it too, is how you brand yourself, right? Like when I worked at the nonprofit for four years, for two years, my, my title was coordinator. Mm -hmm. And then even though I had the same job, the next two years, my job was director. And I had a million responsibilities under that, under those titles. But mm-hmm. when people said to me, hey, what do you do? I would say, you know, I, I would say I lived in Israel for a year. And when I got back, I'm, my grandparents are Holocaust survivors. And when I got back from living in Israel, I was shocked to be bullied in college for being Jewish and for living over there. And overcoming, you know, those challenges, I found my passion for education. And now I'm a motivational speaker and mentor for teens. Now that is exactly what my business card and what my website says. And, you know, I know it used to drive my old boss crazy that I would say that, but I wasn't lying Mm -hmm. because it was what I was doing in the role and calling myself that not only made me feel more powerful, but like, actually, when I had a conversation with somebody else, they could understand what it is that, you know, I did. And there's a a TED talk by Simon Sinek. He says, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I just tell somebody I'm a speaker and a mentor, they're most of the time they look at me and they're like, Oh, like you're so young. Like, what do you really have to talk about and motivate others? Right. That's what you do, you know, or even Mm -hmm. just saying coordinator, it's like coordinator of, of what, but when you share your, your why, um, people, people are like able to make that connection. 
And that's why like, I really infuse myself in everything that I do is because um, everything has to have like an important reason to me. And right. I have to be proud to be a part of it because, you know, the first couple of months of my entrepreneurship journey, I was, you know, would meet people who were like, oh, you're going to pay me like enough money for me to pay my bills this month. Like, even though I don't really like you, or even though I don't really believe in the project, like, sure, let's go for it. And I'm so glad that I learned that mistake at the beginning, because if you really respect your contacts, you never want to introduce like people who respect and love you to someone who you don't really believe in or a project Mm -hmm. that you don't really believe in. And I'm grateful that the people who I experienced that lesson with has had known me for years since I was a leader in college. And they were just like, you know, you know, Reina, like it happens sometimes and just, you know, be very careful of who you introduce people to not to say that you shouldn't, Mm -hmm. but also too, with like what you take on, you know, there was also a couple months where one of my friends is a speaker. He's got like almost half a million followers. He's published a book, Ted talk, like, I would say he was like a little bit farther ahead of me and like the speaker game, which you can't compare journeys, by the way. Right. Like you really can't. Like, I want to say like, he was a little bit farther ahead of me, but like, not, not really. Like he's, he's younger than me. I've been speaking longer. Our, like everybody's journey is like completely different, but mm-hmm. um, I was helping him book speaking engagements and I was only getting paid if I booked the gig. And after like, you know, a couple months, I like, I like looked at it and I was like, holy shit, like, why did I quit my job to start my own company? But I'm spending more of my time, energy, and contacts into helping someone else fill their dreams. So once I made that shift, um, I started seeing more results in my business. And, um, you know, I had this situation happen again recently where there was somebody I was doing some work for. Um, They were also a really good friend, but they always needed stuff like, Hey, can we go to lunch after, you know, after this meeting or, Hey, can you draw me off here? And even though I really love that person and respect them, once I stopped working with them and once I stopped hanging out with them as much, Mm -hmm. I had so much more energy to do like all the things that I love, not just like in work, but also like with my friends and my family. So like my biggest advice is just be really, really careful with like who you spend your time and where you spend your time. Because if you're not getting a contribution back, um, then like what's, what's going to be like the, the end goal of that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad you brought that up because I do think that with, with both of us on this podcast, I think this may attract a lot of our younger, um, young entrepreneurs, um, to listen to. And something that's so important for me that I've found is setting boundaries, um, and really staying firm to them. And that goes yeah. with, that goes with people who are you're, you're working with, like as a client or customer base, also as someone who like a business partner, um, like all those things, setting boundaries and really staying firm to them, even if you don't like state exactly what they are, but just saying like, you know what, I'm not going to say yes to any more, cho- like any more favors this week. Like, <laughs> cause I can't yeah. and sticking to that, uh, for your own energy's sake. Yeah, I think it's, listen, and, and I honestly always thought boundaries were a bad thing because like I was kind of like a wild child and I was like, I don't need boundaries, like the sky's the limit. Yeah. But boundaries are there to make sure that you don't lose your shit and that you stay happy and that like you get done what you need to do. Like, you know, for me, I've learned boundaries <laughs> is like, if I want to work out in the morning, 
I need to go to bed by 11. If I stay up till two in the morning watching Netflix, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make the workout. So the boundary isn't hurting me. Boundary is actually helping me, you know, or with my relationships with friends or like my relationships with guys. Like if you're, you know, if you're not respectful, if you're not a good communicator, then like before we like go on this like long ordeal, like if you break that boundary at the beginning, then it's like you have boundaries in place because if you let somebody violate your standards, because that's really what they are is Mm -hmm. is standards. If you let somebody violate your standards, you know, a hundred percent, you're going to be upset. Like Mm -hmm. you're just, you're, you're going to be hurt and you're going to be upset. And that's not to say that like, we, we don't intentionally put ourselves in those situations sometimes, but overall, like we'd like to feel good most of the time. And like, not feel, you know, that we're not enough or feel that like we're not appreciated. Right. Yeah, that was, that was, I'm glad we talked about that. Um, so we kind of went through like a bit of your story. I mean, everybody's story is, is very long, so we can't go through all of it, but we definitely hit some really important highlights. So what I want to ask you now is what's next for you? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked me that, um, because I am on fire with what's next for me. So, um, so teen tribe is uh, a project of the Rose grows that I started last, uh, June mm-hmm. when COVID hit and all the camps were being canceled. I was like, you know, I know all this stuff about leadership and professional development. I was like, you know, <laughs> I know all this stuff about personal growth because this year has been an emotional roller coaster Absolutely. and all these like seminars that I went to, I was like, you know, I could package those things together and sort of run an online uh, program for, for teens. So it started out for boys and girls where they met once a week for an hour. And it was all about learning about goal setting and, um, you know, emotional intelligence and like really creating a space for people to like create, you know, relationships with new people. And one of the cohorts happened to be all women. And the vibe that was in that group was like, so amazing. It was like, you know, if you've ever been in a meeting that like, feels like it, like, like this call, that's like five minutes. It just like flies by. Um, if you could, I guess you could say it was another moment of finding my inner calling. Cause I had also been fighting it for a long time. Cause like on the Rose grows Instagram, like over 70% of my followers are females. And I've always been like, well, I want to be for the boys and I want to be for the girls. Um, but it was after that one cohort that I was like, okay, I'm fine mentoring boys one-on-one, which I still do. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the group mentorship program, this has got to be just for young women, 11 to 18. And where the future of Teen Tribe is going is over the next couple of months, I'm still going to be leading Teen Tribe. I'm going to be leading it alongside some college girls who I mentored when they were teens. Because my long-term vision for Teen Tribe is I'm going to be 30 next March. And I am declaring that when I'm 30, I will no longer be the, the mentor for the teens and the, and, the, and the college students, but I'm going to be training the college students to be mentoring the high school girls privately and in the group mentorship because, um, A, I want to use the Rose Grows method to like inspire and impact as many people as possible. But I also know from my own journey as a woman and as a leader that when you create that dynamic between a teen and a college student, 
they both need each other in different ways and it and, and makes them both like more confident and, and, and better women. Yeah, that's incredible. Congratulations. That's super exciting. Thank you. Thank you. We'll have to do another podcast, like literally like today's date next year and be like, so let's recap <laughs> on everything. <laughs> yes, that sounds so amazing. I would love to do that. Um, so before we go, let's just give the listeners all the ways that they can find you online. Incredible. You, you're like the best spokesperson. I always, <laughs> I always forget to plug my, my stuff in. You can find me at the rosegrows.com. Um, if you know a young woman, 11 to 18, you'd like to give them the gift of confidence and community, check out teen tribe.com. Um, I'm super active on all the social media platforms. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, and if you'd like, send me an email. It is Raina, R-A-Y-N-A, at therosegrows.com. And Amanda, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the show. I think what you do is so necessary um, and can only enhance uh, the future chapters of any uh, young person's life. So don't, don't stop and, and keep growing because when one grows, we all grow. Thank you so much. It was so lovely chatting with you. And um, for everybody listening, thanks for being here with us. And we look forward to talking to you again next month. Toodles. Bye.